You are listening to the People-Centric Podcast, where we talk through the toughest challenges that people face at work and give practical advice to fixing those challenges. Thanks for joining our movement to create workplaces that are happier, healthier, aligned, and empowered by putting people at the center of all that we do. Hey, people-centric leaders. Those of you who are on the YouTube version just saw me do this little spin on the chair. Those of you who listen to the podcast version of this kind of missed out. So just wanted to tell you the people-centric podcast is now on YouTube. It's now on YouTube as well as here. So you guys want to celebrate that? Go ahead. I just did. Did you hear me? I just did. Woo! Woo! That was fantastic. (laughs) Yay! It's about time the world got to witness this in person (laughs) with us. We have a lot of fun, so. We do have a lot of fun. People don't know that I wear headphones for this thing, but only like this so that I can hear this so that other people in the office can, we can talk across things and stuff. Yeah, it just looks cool. That's why I wear it. That's that's right. That's, it does look cool. But if you're listening to this, all you can do is say, we sound cool. We sound (laughs) really cool. So today we we wanted to. sound cool. We we do do have like very good radio faces you know we do have faces made for radio <laughs> that's usually not a compliment wait a yeah. second oh, oh. <laughs> that hurt a little bit that's okay <laughs> that's okay some listeners are like you know i listened to this for professional development and you have not developed me yet so please <laughs> please develop me a little bit so let's talk let's about it. we when we talk about different topics sometimes we bring topics on patterns and things that we see and so today we thought we would talk about something that was called the end around. We call it the end around. Now the end around, if you're a football fan, is a football play where the end comes around the back of the field and gets the ball and runs around the other side of it and all that stuff. But in business, the end around is the idea of when an employee has an issue with their boss and they go to their boss's boss or somebody above their boss to complain about that issue. We call that the end around. It's the idea that you're going to not go to your boss you're going to go to your boss's boss to complain about something. Now, I've got a story of that. Now, some of you have probably heard this story before if you've listened to this podcast for a long time. But when I was at 3M, I was getting very frustrated with my boss and the things that were going on around me. And I decided that I could not, I was not powerful enough. I was not getting listened to enough. And so like a lot of employees do, I try to find a way to be heard more. And so I was sitting in my email one day and I was like, I typed in CEO into my email and it filled it out. Like it's, all everybody's emails are in there. So you could just fill it out and I could, Hey, I can shoot an email directly to the CEO. That's pretty cool. So I shot the CEO a message and I said, hi, I'm a frontline engineer and I'm kind of trapped inside of this large company and bureaucracy. And I think I could help the company do some different things and blah, 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 blah. Well, the CEO responded. The CEO said, thanks for reaching out. That took a lot of courage to reach out directly to me. Thank you so much. And I want to set you up with a mentor up in St. Paul and set me up with a senior vice president. Flew me up to St. Paul. I got to meet with the senior vice president and talk to them. And so I'm thinking, man, I'm winning. Like this was a great thing. He also, I found out later, copied everyone between me and him. Everyone. Now, 3M has 65,000 employees at that time. So there were seven layers of people between me and him who all got to see that email that said, help me, I'm trapped in this bureaucracy of people and can't get to you. 
And as you can imagine, not everybody took that as well as you would think they would. Some people got a little bit upset about it. Some people had a long memory about that. That kind of leaked through my career. I would hear about that email every once in a while from different people. Like I would go into performance appraisals and, oh, you're that guy. I remember that email that came across. They're still talking about that email. Let's be very clear. They're still talking <laughs> like about it. Yeah. manager was like this is so embarrassing <laughs> but you probably have like a plaque up in a wall somewhere that you you know like you're you are the beacon of hope of leaders for the toxic people that still work there <laughs> there's a shrine that's, somewhere that's probably fine when you're the head of the the toxic folks yeah look at what this guy underground did. meetings that are happening in some off the wall conference room like be like don i don't know there's probably some sort of a motto there there is a shrine it's in the third bathroom stall in the, <laughs> yeah up there that, yeah. that everybody can check out. But yeah, so that's not always a good thing to do that. So today we want to talk about like, first of all, if you're the employee who's thinking about doing the end around, when is it okay for you to do it? And when maybe is it not okay for you to do that? Like, what does that look like? And what are the things to consider if you do that? We're going to talk a little bit about what if you're the boss who just got worked around? Like, what does that look like? What does that mean? What can you learn from that? How can you respond to that? Those types of things. And then what if you're the person they went to? Like, what if you're the boss's boss? Or in my case, the boss's 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 boss. How do you respond to that in a healthy way to try to kind of restore the order a little bit inside of the organization? So today we're going to talk about the end around. And we have with us, we've got the Bethany Taff, who's fresh back from getting her hot tea. Did you get your hot tea? Yeah, that's not what I thought you were going to say. <laughs> thought you were going to say. I thought you were going to just talk about me. Your, your personal health issues or what? <laughs> your personal health issues. I feel like that sounds worse than just saying violations it. violations right here, but that's fine. It's okay. I, mean, I was <laughs> talking about your tea, not your terrible bout with COVID last week. We're yeah, really glad you're back, Bethany. Thank you so much. I appreciate it. And yes, also my peppermint tea is also, delicious. Good. I'm glad your peppermint tea is here and I'm glad you're well. And I'm glad you're with us. Thank you so much. We also have Diana Royalty live from Tacoma, Washington. Hello. Diana. Hello, Diana. You I have also your have peppermint tea. Wow. How crazy. Wow. This is this is a great And team. you both drive Subarus. Yes, I don't know if there's a connection. Whatever. Lee. And you're eating a charcuterie board, if we just went full disclosure, which is also probably one of Bethany's love languages as well. Yeah, those good are good. Morning. I wish yeah. I had. Right my now. lunch is a charcuterie board today most days uh, actually so i can't believe you said that on air i'm sorry <laughs> i'm that bougie i guess that's the peppermint that's tea that. and charcuterie oh that's the bougie yeah and so i'm don harkey and i have been kind of like the, i'm the intro guy usually sometimes but diana did the last one and i know other people have done some stuff but i often do the intros i often mess it up fun fact but that's 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 where we are. And then our host, our facilitator, Matt's back. Matt's been on the road. He's been on assignment for a little while. He's been out. He's been all different. Uh, all he's been everywhere. You've been just about everywhere. You've been to Tennessee. You've been out to Hilton Head, South Carolina. You've been just on tour recently, and now you're back yeah. with us. So welcome, welcome home. Yeah, Hurricane yeah. Hurricane Nicole uh, sabotaged my trip to Florida last week. So hope everybody in Florida is doing doing well there with uh, Hurricane Nicole. But yeah, world <laughs> travelers. I almost had that from Nashville to Norway to Zimbabwe. Do you know what's on, what's that from? Yeah, where in the world is Carmen Sandiego? Yeah! 
I had uh, no idea. Okay, go back to your charcuterie board, Diana. Whatever. Rockapella. Rockapella. Like this land is my land. This land is your land. But I was like, you're not getting the words right. Like I don't think those are the places. But that was the difference. That's that's because it was entirely different. Entirely different song. Thank you, Don, for riding along with me on that path. Where in the world is Carmen San Diego? We're not sponsored. Uh, We're not sponsored by them. But uh, sometimes it's fun to deviate just a little bit. This whole idea of uh, the end around at work. You know, another way you can equate that too is like mom said no so i'm gonna go ask dad and sometimes we don't want to think that that's that's the reality of the situation but we see that quite a bit now can we just before we start taking this high road of being like no no no, you should you shouldn't do that you shouldn't work around your boss there's a chain of command there's a hierarchy can we find some common ground here first like can we get to the place of why people do this in the first place let's be just be transparent because there there might be some people-centric leaders out there that are listening to this going yeah but you don't understand my boss doesn't care right my boss never listens to me my boss shoots me down all the time right so can we get to a place to build some common ground here of why people feel like they need to do this in the first place who wants to start well i was gonna ask dawn like what was your motivation behind emailing the ceo of a billion billion billions of dollar company it was a 16 billion dollar (laughs) company and my logic was i think i felt powerless i felt like there were ideas that i thought weren't being heard and in my focus wasn't on what could i do to make those ideas heard louder it was i need to say it to the right people and i felt like there were barriers between me and the people that could do something about it and i think that that is super common whether you're in a very tiny company like 15 employees or 65,000. I think that is the motivation for all people who like decide to go do this thing. Feel powerless. And so you need to take matters into your own hands, right? I have a message that I'm sure is going to be well-received. I'm just not able to be in front of the right people to be able to relay that message. uh, Right. And so we feel like maybe we're, maybe we're powerless. I do think too, It's probably not talking to anybody that's listening right now, but um, I do think there's just bad managers of people that are out there too, that are not doing a good job of creating spaces for your people to be able to interact. Now, this might be a shocker, Don. I see your face is just shocked, right? Not all managers are good. Not all managers are good, right? I don't don't know if I would care to admit that or live in that world. (laughs) Right, right. And I think this is, I think this is a reality where, you know, whenever I'm doing leadership development for managers, you know, we talk about one of the things we talk about is difficult conversations. And a lot of times we're talking about difficult conversations from managers to employees. There's something difficult that I need to say, a behavior that I need changed. You know what? Sometimes your employees need to have difficult difficult conversations with their managers. And my charge is if I'm a manager of people, have I done a good job of creating a space where your people feel comfortable bringing those things to you? And sometimes we don't. We don't do a good job of creating the space for people to bring those, which then doesn't mean our employees just like shrug it off and just go back to work. They're going to find other avenues to be able to tell that story. And that might be to other employees where they're now creating a common bond of this maybe disengaged or toxic employee because they, they found somebody that'll listen to them and also agrees with them. Uh, or they're going to go to your boss. And it's not always fruitful. So we have this common foundation here where yes, I, I get it. That happens. That's, that's a thing. We talked about maybe why that, uh, why people, why people would do that in the first place. But uh, what are some things maybe as a manager that I can do that, that might help prevent some of these things with our employees in the first place? I think the best thing that you can do as a manager is something that I think a lot of managers miss is you need to talk to your employees. 
you know, we talk a lot about like check-in processes and a check-in process is a quarterly meeting with your employee that has the agenda that's pretty open that says like, how are you basically? I mean, there's questions that you can ask in there that lead to this, but a lot of times managers don't have that conversation because they don't think they, because they don't know what the employee is going to bring up. They think, well, if they had something, I'm sure they would just bring it to me. Well, that's not always the case. And I, managers sometimes don't just ask those questions. And if you don't ask those questions, sometimes you leave the impression to the employees that you don't want to hear that stuff. So like, mm-hmm. I didn't really bring, like, even in my case, in my example there, I don't think I really brought to my boss, like, here's some of the things I see and how could I do this and where to help me to be, help me to get some of these ideas out. Or are they good ideas? I didn't really even have that conversation because I presumed that he wouldn't want to hear that stuff that he wouldn't want to, he, he didn't want to have anything to do with that kind of stuff. And I, that was probably not a good assumption to make. So I think that's probably one thing that you can do as a manager is make sure you're talking to your employees, checking in with them from time to time. I think another thing you can do is follow up. So if an employee does bring you something, make sure you're following up and saying like, I heard you, this is what I'm doing about it. Or this is why I can't do anything about it. Or here's how I've escalated it, whatever it is. I think it's important that a manager follow back up and say, I did hear you. And here's what I did with the information you gave me. I think a lot of times it gets lost and sometimes a manager can't do something about it, or they did do something and it just didn't go anywhere or whatever that looks like. But I think it's really important to circle back and say, here's what I did. I did hear you. Yeah. The frame of reference too. I think that's, I think that's super important to be able to, like you just phrased it where sometimes it's like, I couldn't do anything about it. I didn't know how to respond to it. So I just kind of didn't, didn't respond at all, which is now you're, you're accidentally involuntarily breeding the environment to where they're going to continue to go around and ask other people that question because they just don't feel, you know, Don said powerless. Sometimes they don't feel heard. Uh, and that's a whole nother thing. Sometimes they're okay with the answer. No, the employees, I say, we, sometimes we're okay with the, an- if the answer is no, but not saying anything is, is, uh, I, I think definitely feeding into that as well. Have you seen this where this is in the environment and that person that maybe they continually go to, maybe they're not doing the right thing either. Maybe they're that 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 boss is not going, hey, have you talked to your have you talked to your direct manager? Have you talked to your manager yet? Maybe they're not doing that. Maybe they actually enjoy the attention at the same time and they don't see anything wrong with it. Uh, I don't know if you've experienced that before or not, but but they like what I'm just I'm just providing answers. What I'm a resource too, uh, but they kind of like being the person that's in control. What type of dynamic maybe is that creating in the environment there? Maybe something uh, that we should watch for. Why is that detrimental? And maybe what's a more appropriate way to handle something like that? So this has been coming up a lot. We were just talking about this before we hopped on here. It's like I've, I feel like I've had lots of conversations lately where this has been happening. And, and I think a lot of times the person who is going to the, like doing the end around. So that leader that they might be going up to and having a conversation with, I don't think that leader always knows what, that that's what's happening. Yeah. Um, and so they might be just saying like, I'm just here to answer any questions, happy to talk to you about any issues. They think they're being really helpful. They're trying to maintain a good, you know, relationship with employees at all levels. So they're thinking like, yeah, I have an open door policy. It's really good. No problem. But they don't, they probably are not really thinking about like how this is impacting the manager and that person's relationship with the manager and all of that. And so I think um, and I had this conversation the other day with with somebody in this position with a manager who this happened to and and encouraged this person to to let their leader know, like, 
hey, just so you know, when this happened, here's how it impacted me. And just to make sure that you have that relationship and that understanding so that you guys can can have those kinds of conversations, even though that can be hard because they probably didn't intend to like stir things up or make things difficult. It was just, it was probably just like, a, I'm just trying to be nice. But I think if they need to have that conversation and point out that like, hey, I understand you probably didn't mean it that way, but here's how it made my job a little bit more difficult. Yeah, I like and, to jokingly call that the vanilla ice form of management, right? It's <laughs> the, if you have a problem, yo, I'll solve it. And so then when people come into you with a problem, you just answer the question, right? And like, yeah. I love that point, Bethany, of saying like, it's not always that you're aware of like thinking, oh, that person just went around their boss to come to me with something. Why are you even coming to me with this question? And I think the higher up you go inside of an organization, the more you should pause to think about that, not just to focus on the decision that needs to be made or the problem that's at hand, but how the problem is being solved. Because there might, if it's being solved the wrong way, there might be some structural issues that are going to cause other problems to arise. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I, I would add to that. And, and Bethany, I know you touched on it, Don, you're touching on it as well, but let's take it to the next level there. So whatever the manager is going, okay, so I don't know if you're aware of how that's impacting me as a manager. Let's talk about that. Like, what is the impact of that happening? Because there might be people listening going, I don't. I mean, I'm just providing answers. I don't see it. Okay, you're saying it's making it difficult on the manager. I don't understand how. We're we're just providing the employees the answer. But how are you taking the legs out of that manager maybe that you're trusting to also run that team? What does that look like? Well, one way is like if they give a different answer than what the manager would have given or has oh, already yeah. given. <laughs> so that's happened a lot where it's like, I already gave this employee an answer, but then they went to my boss and they told them something different. And now they're going off of what they said and not what I said. And so now I don't have any authority or credibility with this employee and they can, they're, they're not going to listen to the direction that I've sort of set for our, for our department. I think that's the example that Matt used in the beginning, the mom versus dad, right? I don't like the answer dad gave me. I'll go ask mom. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I used to do that. I remember we used to do that. That's how my brother and I would get chocolate milk is that my mom would say, my mom would say, no, we're not going to get chocolate milk or something. And then they would send my dad to the store to pick up something. And he was always really excited because we never wanted to go with mom to the store, but we'd always wanted to go with dad to the store. And why did we always want to go with dad? Because we'd be like, hey, can we get chocolate milk? Yeah, we get chocolate milk. And then we would get chocolate milk and then we would bring it home. And then he would get in trouble. It was great. We would drink the chocolate milk. He would get in trouble. Everybody's happy. I don't see what the problem is here. Uh, Not everybody is happy in that situation. That sounds just like my life right there. My kids always want to go with me because we're probably going to go more. We're going to stop at more places. We're going to have some more fun. Like this is just... Well, what we're doing, but it also kind of undermines, especially if there's already been an answer. Bethany, I think that was a great, a great point there. I, you know, I, I think sometimes we accidentally fall into this, especially if you're in a situation where you have been promoted. So now that you are, you are a step above the manager and now there's a layer of a manager and the employees that maybe you used to manage, but now you're the boss of the boss of, of the team. Right. And, but we feel invested because we know the job. We know the people I used to be the manager of those people. Now I'm one boss away, uh, but I'm still feel invested. So I just want to be helpful. And we don't understand the detriment that maybe you're, you're causing them. And I'll take it a step further. If we create that environment to where they're continually coming to you, the manager's getting frustrated because it feels like their legs are being taken out, out from underneath them. 
if I have the manager that's frustrated, now I'm probably not managing as well as I need to manage. And that's probably going to impact my performance or how I view that manager. Why, why aren't they giving these people answers? Why aren't they doing the things that, that I would anticipate that they're doing? How come they're not managing them in the way that I used to manage them, or at least be that, you know, as, as effective. And I'm probably going to be even more critical of them too. Are there appropriate, I'm sorry, Bethany, go ahead. Well, I was just going to add, I think it also impacts the manager in that even if you are, even if they, they're they aligned, the manager and their boss are aligned on the answers that they're giving to the employees, like even if that's still the case, the person is being the frontline employee, let's say, is like being trained to continue to go around because they keep getting that answer from that, from their boss's boss, right? Um, because they haven't redirected them. And then it makes that manager also feel like they're not trusted to be the leader yeah. and they're not empowered to do their job well too, because people just keep going around them and their boss is not redirecting them at all. Um, and so it can be, it can also cause them to suffer and just like how they view themselves in that position. I think those are the also the phone calls that we get from the from the manager's manager, right? We get those phone calls later and they're frustrated or it feels like, gosh, my hands are in everything or why why do they keep asking me these questions? And maybe you have accidentally trained them to to do that. So right now in this portion of the conversation, we're kind of putting some of the blame on the manager's manager that continually is the one answering those questions. You're encouraging the behavior that you're also super frustrated by. And I say that maybe not you, but the, the the person to the left or right of you, right? But we see that we see that quite a bit where we accidentally encourage the behavior that frustrates us to know to no end. And this is an example of maybe that behavior. It feels like you're in the middle of it. People are in and out of my office all the time. Don't you have a manager? Why are you constantly coming coming in here? And and maybe it's because you can't let go or you continue to ask the question or you're not redirecting them well enough to be able to, you know, have that conversation with their manager. And if we push that down a level, what what if like what if I push that back to you know what I have some thoughts but I want I really encourage you to talk to your manager uh, for that response first what what is likely from a culture standpoint from a workplace culture team uh, standpoint what are we creating there if we are encouraging that conversation I think we talk about people centric meaning empowerment and alignment right and what you're trying to do there is achieve the alignment piece right you're trying to make sure that you have, you're not being fooled into making a decision, first of all, that you don't see fully. So you're trying to encourage alignment. You're also trying to encourage good communication, a good relationship between the supervisor and their employee. You're trying, you're backing that and you're backing the authority level of that supervisor by saying like, what have you done to talk to it? Now, I think when we talk about redirecting, it shouldn't be like, don't ever come talk to me. Don't ever come around that. That should never happen. Like we're not saying that. And some of you may be thinking about some specific cases where it's appropriate to go do the end around. And we'll, we'll mention that here in a little bit. But I think that what's important is to say is to coach the employee how to reconnect with their supervisor. Like, okay, that sounds like some real challenges. If you brought that to your supervisor, what did your supervisor say? What was your approach to that? Sounds like you're on track with that. You know, I would encourage you, here's how you could go back and continue to have the conversation, like encourage the reconnection piece so that it maintains that alignment up and down the organization that pays dividends long term past that one decision or that one, one topic that ends up going around. Yeah, Don, you talked about the check-in process earlier that we really do, you know, work to install within organizations. And that manager, the supervising manager might be going, well, how else am I supposed to hear from my 
from that. I need to be able to hear from those frontline people. That's that's exactly what the check-in process also does, right? So you're you're helping that manager be a better manager, but part of the conversation is how are your conversations going with your people? And that should filter its way back up there too, but we're not circumventing the hierarchy there uh, or the process um, as well. So Don, you kind of alluded to it. Let's talk about it. What, what are some examples maybe where it is appropriate that an employee maybe take that avenue of that end around? I, mean, I think if there's there's probably a spectrum of these, right? That's hard to kind of pick out. So let's go on the extreme side of the expect uh, the spectrum first of all. Like obviously, if there's like harassment issues or things that absolutely like like go against the rules or laws, uh, unethical behavior, things like that, you know, or if you don't feel safe, those types of things. I think those are things where you absolutely have the right to and should go around, you know, the person who's doing that. Uh, I think that that's, that's really important to, to be able to state. Now that still highlights a problem in the organization. It's just not the problem of the employee. It's, it's not the employee's place to try to solve that problem. It's the, it is the manager's manager, right? The boss's boss to be able to do that. So I think that's totally appropriate. I think those are good. I think sometimes where it gets a little bit gray is like, you don't like the way that your boss is doing their job. And do you think that they're making bad decisions? And that's a little bit harder, right? So sometimes it's like, okay, is your boss terrible? Are they just really incompetent? Like they can't do their job? A lot of employees, some employees would say, yes, they are. And a lot of times, honestly, from us as the outside saying, yeah, they could be doing a better job, but they're not totally incompetent. Very seldom do we get into someplace and say, wow, that manager is unbelievably incompetent. They shouldn't be doing their job. It's just a matter of time before they get discovered. And I think sometimes employees feel powerless when they feel like their boss is incompetent, and then they start to go to their boss's boss to kind of give that feedback. Really good companies do allow for some opportunities to kind of send signals to the boss's boss to watch how the boss is doing, because the boss has to grade how the boss is, right? The boss's boss, let me say that again, the boss's boss has to judge the boss on how their performance is, which I think is sometimes very difficult to do. So it's, it's how do they get feedback? And a lot of times what they'll do is they'll have conversations with employees, they'll do surveys, those kinds of things. And they're, they're looking for like deliberate end around kind of statements. But I think that's an example of when that happens. Do you guys have other examples of maybe when a boss should, or when an employee should do the end around? Times where you can go to that boss's boss and just sort of ask for guidance right? It's, maybe that's not a direct end around, but I think there's times where you can say, hey, here's what I've been doing. Here's what my boss has been doing. Is there something else I should be doing? Am I approaching this the wrong way? Can you help me figure out this situation instead of here's the whole situation and I'm just putting it in your plate and not expecting myself to have to go do anything. I'm expecting you to like figure it out for me. So I think that's more appropriate. I don't know if that's like an every time thing. It's probably definitely not an every time thing, but it's more appropriate to do it in that sort of context. Yeah, yeah. yeah I agree with that. I was going to say this is not necessarily like a situation, but I think um, we and we, we haven't said that this explicitly, but just another area that you might see this happen and we've seen it happen is also when employees go around their leadership and go to their board. So with if you're an organization that has a board connected to it um, as another like level of leadership, sometimes we've seen them them kind of go around their leadership and go straight to the board to to talk through some of these situations. And again, it depends on some of it. I think it all of the rules that we just said um, still apply in this situation um, of 
you know, if there's an extreme situation that you need to go to the board about, if it's a dangerous or an ethical issue, then absolutely. But I think the same same rules still apply here. It's just another area that we have seen this happen that we haven't stated on on this episode. I think the tricky thing too, is if you're the employee and you have to do the end around for a good reason, and you do that, I think the important thing is to main is to not watch yourself becoming the toxic person, right? You maintain alignment with the company and the direction of the company overall. Don't be the person that's leading the witch hunt against your boss to try to get rid of them. Like I've been in those situations before, and it is so unhealthy for you and so difficult as an employee. And the hardest part, and I think a lot of employees forget this, is that you won't find out what's happening with your boss and their bo- and your boss's boss. You can't hear that. Like your boss's boss can't go to you and say, I'm talking to your boss about how they manage. And here's the conversations we've had. And here's the things, here's the, the path that they're on. They can't give you that feedback. It's inappropriate to bring that to the employees from that standpoint. So from the employee's perspective, oftentimes we hear like nothing's going on. There's nothing going on. No one's having any conversations. As the outside consultant, I can say most of the time there is something going on. Most of the time it is on the radar for somebody that maybe that boss needs some work, that they're doing something and maybe they're applying some pressure, but it makes it way worse and way harder to deal with when the employees keep pushing too hard Mm. and, and they keep wanting to be part of that conversation. That's a good point. I think it's it's this this idea of like we want to um, when we're in that position of like I feel like I have to go around my boss. Um, I think for those employees, it feels like a fight for justice, but usually it ends up like just kind of making them look bad, and it doesn't really. It just kind of it shines a lighter uh, a bigger light on them than I think what they really are intending. <laughs> and so I think that it's just something to be careful about in how you approach approach the the concerns that you have. Yeah, right on. So let's talk about, we've talked about the person who's doing the end around. We've talked about the boss's boss and how they receive that and how they feed that. Let's talk about the person kind of in the middle of that equation, the person who they went around. What, how to do, what's the right way to respond to that? Let's say you're finding out that your employee just went around you and talked to your poor boss about something. What's the right way to handle that? How can you healthily work through that? I mean, I think it's important to acknowledge the person and just sort of say like, Hey, I know that you did this. And I just want you to know that I, I'm not mad at you for that. I'm not upset at you for that. I think you felt like you had to do that. And I want to work out why you felt like you had to do that so that you don't feel like you have to do that again. What did I do? What can I do? And kind of turn it around and make it more about what you can do as a leader so that they don't feel like they have to do that again. I've heard a variation of that talk, Diana, where people have gone in, but they do it kind of in a passive aggressive way. Like, well, I know what you did. You must have felt like you had a good reason to go around me. And no, kind of I mean, be genuine. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Don't be a jerk about it. Like, be real. <laughs> right. A lot of times it's hard because if you're the boss, you're angry, right? Because it makes oh, you yeah. kind of look bad if your employee has to go around you to do something. And a lot of times that anger comes out and then it shows up like, well, you know, I've heard, I've seen bosses go to their employees and say, don't ever do that again. Yeah. Uh, I think you want to be careful about that. You know, uh, one of the things... Go ahead. What did your boss do at 3M? Will you, you share? <laughs> you know, he, he, it took him a long time to acknowledge that he knew that I even did it. Okay. Was one thing. And then when he did, what he said was, he goes, I know that you felt like you needed to do that. 
I wish you had talked to me before you did it, because I don't know that you realize all of the things that happened from that. And he was the one that told me that it was copied all the way up and down the org chart. Like it, like it made a lot of noise. And then he even warned me later and pointed out multiple times, like that person now that is in this other position that moved over here knows who you are because of that, what you did there. And that's come up in, in, in times. And he even pointed out a couple of times where it probably hurt me in different things. Like oh, that person's not going to like you because that probably came up. So I don't know if that was all healthy. I mean, it's kind of after the damage is done at that point. But yeah, it's a tough thing to do. We encourage a lot of times that person should go talk to the boss, should go talk to their boss yeah. about that end around. That's another piece is to make sure that you're aligned uh, so that you don't, because the risk here is that when they do that, if your boss, if the boss's boss is answering too many questions that the boss loses the authority, they lose that connection, right? It's it's like, it's the end around the blood flow is getting lost to the boss and they start to, 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 uh, to, to, to go numb. And so the boss has to talk to the boss, their boss, and make sure that they're in alignment with what the approach is with that employee. I think that's really, really important piece that sometimes that bosses don't do. They get embarrassed and they don't want to talk and find out what that looked like. And they only focus down and they need to turn up and down and say, we need to make sure, hey, everybody talk to me above me and talk to me below me, right? We need to have these conversations. I need to be involved with this. Which I just want to acknowledge that 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 level within an organization is very hard to be in (laughs) because of that, because you are trying, you're looking above and below, you know, so to speak in, in that hierarchy. And so it's very difficult to manage that communication coming from above you and helping communicate and be open to the people who are reporting directly to you. So we're not saying this is easy by any means. So there's just, again, we always talk about grace within organizations too, and in these situations. And I think if you're the employee that's frustrated and feeling like you do do need to go around your boss, also just show grace. And if you're the manager in the middle and you're frustrated because your boss did receive, have this conversation with your employee, like just show some grace and, you know, just all the way around, it's easier said than done, but. Yeah. I think my boss did a good job of that. I think he didn't, I think there's a mixture of saying, oh, I'm glad you did that. That was so great. Good job. You know, it's not, it's not that that's not authentic. Diana used that word authentic. And I think that's yeah. really important. It yeah. was kind of like, I think that was a bad move. Yeah. <laughs> I don't think you should have done that. I think that kind of hurt things. I think yeah. we could have maybe worked that out. Like, I wish you had gone to me, but I also recognize and acknowledge like there might be something that I'm doing that makes you not want to do that. Yeah. And yeah. I kind of need to know what that is so that I can help fix that um, yeah. for next time. Well, I like that. I mean, I think that at least the way that you're describing it, Don, if that's the way it really played out, I actually think it's kind of helpful to to help the employee understand the impact that that has on them in the organization too, because it's like it didn't just go around and like help you solve the problem that you're wanting to probably, but like here's how it maybe negatively impacted things a little bit. And I don't think you wanted that. And I don't really want that either. And so how can we like move forward from here and make this work? And later, just to give a happy ending and tie a bow onto this, then I'll go to you for like some last thoughts on this topic. But uh, later, like about a year, a year and a half later, I went to my boss again and I said, you know, I shouldn't have sent that letter to the CEO. Like I can see that now, but I am still frustrated. I still have frustrations and I still think there's areas that I can help. And he did a great job and he sat down and he says, okay, well, talk, let's talk about some of those areas that you think you could help. And then he connected me 
with some resources and some teams that were doing some things and got me involved on some things that were, that I wouldn't have normally been involved in where I was able to then channel that energy. And then I didn't feel powerless. And I got to work on like an actually an international project to help how engineers work and to improve some of the efficiencies and things like that. And it made a huge impact for the company. And, you know, it was, it was pretty, pretty cool. It was probably one of my best experiences inside the company doing something. And that's where I did some of my best work and was most aligned and most empowered it was because I had that conversation the right way. And because my boss said, no, let me connect you the right way to that. And I realized the, the mistake I made was I didn't try to have that conversation the right way. You may not like the answer when you have the conversation. And that doesn't mean like, then you should just try to be louder in it. Sometimes the situation around you is just where you have to live with the situation that you're in. Sometimes you just have to suck it up and say like, okay, they don't need me to do this thing I want to do right now. So that's okay. Let's just, let's just, I'll just let it go. So last bits, last pieces of advice, either for the employee, the boss or the boss's boss for, for our listeners here. What do you think? I think mine is for all three levels. One, it, I, I really think all of this circles around intent. When you're frustrated, you start assigning intent to things like my boss isn't listening to me and doesn't want to solve the problem or doesn't care about this problem or is breaking the law. Like we kind of like jumped to things, you know? And I think if you just stopped for a minute and thought, I have good intent, I want to fix this. I think he has good intent. He or she has good intent and wants to fix this. And by me going to my boss's boss, it makes me look like I am not a team player and I don't you know, it could backfire on me because I've skipped the levels. So like, just breathe, don't assign intent to anything that's happening and think through like, what are the actual relevant parties that are needed to solve the problem? That's good. I love that. I think it's great advice. Don't assign intent. You don't know what they intend to do. And even if you were right on that assumption, it's still not healthy for you to do that. Yeah. It still doesn't yeah. open up communication for you. Yeah. Bethany. I think for the manager, I feel like I've been speaking to the manager a lot here, that middle person, the middle man. If this happens to you, I think it can be really disheartening and it can be really frustrating and it can be easy to take it personally, but also like use this moment as a growth opportunity because I think what it signals too is there's a lack of trust on your team or with this person. And so doing some work for yourself to figure out like why why does this person or why does my team feel like, um, or why don't they trust me? Or like, why are we lacking trust right here? And help understand, like, sometimes it's just asking that question to say, like, I obviously, obviously we're, we don't trust each other the way that we need to. So like, what can we do? How can we build that? Did something happen that broke that trust that I'm not aware of? And open up those questions. We also we also have talked about this in the past. You've probably heard us talk about the strengths-based leadership. So using your, um, it's a book that came out with, with and it's related to StrengthsFinder. And so they talk about um, building trust within that book based on your unique strengths. And so that might be just another resource to think about too, if you're just kind of curious of like, how do you build trust with your unique strengths and, and to start to have some of those conversations and process through that. Um, and then have those conversations with your boss too about how can I build, you know, how, how can I build trust with my team in, in a better way? What did you hear from this person that I do need to take back and consider and grow in? and um, and kind of go from there. Yeah, there's an old saying that says you're supposed to try to build relationships and trust before you need those things. 
you know, which is why I think we talk about doing the check-in process so that you can have those conversations, Bethany, before the thing happens, because it's harder to have the conversations that you just described, unless if you do it before that happens, if how can we open up communication before the end around happens? Am I open? Or can you, you feel like you can bring ideas to me? Those kinds of things. I think that's really, really important to open that dialogue up. That's good. My advice for the, I'm going to go to the top then. I'll go to the, the, the owners. And I think it's something that to the executives, I think that more executives and bosses, bosses need to realize that your job is not to solve problems. Your job is to build an organization that can solve problems. And whenever you have frontline employees bringing things directly to you as problems or questions or things like that, it's very tempting because you know so much about the process, maybe, that answer those questions. But really, you should also, in the back of your mind, and probably in the front of your mind, be thinking to yourself, why is this happening like this? There's something bigger happening when this occurs. Not as a fundamental failure. And I, I'm, I, I can hear the calls coming in, you know, saying, well, I like to have an open door and I want to have be connected and I want to talk to frontline employees and all that stuff. We want you to do that too. That's not what we're talking about here. We're talking about when somebody's bypassed in the chain of command uh, that shouldn't be bypassed. And that's that in, represents a failure in the organization. And that's a that also represents bigger problems that are causing more issues in, in hampering your ability to solve problems. Matt always says it's open door policy, not open chaos policy, right? There's still rules and guardrails to even the open door. I love that. Yeah, yeah. so you can still talk to everybody. Yeah, that's good. All right, well, thanks for joining us on this topic. Uh, if you have questions or more topics, please send those out to us, but we appreciate you joining us. Thanks. Thank you for listening to the People-Centered Podcast. We are so grateful for you joining us every week. If you like this content, please like and subscribe. Also, feel free to share on your social media with everyone that you know. It really does help us. If you would like to contact us, I have put our information in the show notes. Please reach out anytime. We love hearing from you. We will be back next week with a new topic. Until then, be well and lead well.